0: This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Good morning. Thank you. Bless all of you. I'm glad you're here today. I know many of you just ended a fast, so, you know, if you had not had stuff break through, don't give up just yet, all right? Just keep your faith out there. God can still be working, and He'll keep working throughout the year. I'm glad to see you here. Listen, if you need a Bible, raise your hand up. We're gonna shift gears here today. Get your hand up, my ushers, will get you one. Actually, what we're gonna to do today is we're gonna recap a lot of the stuff you just watched in the in the video, and we're gonna give you scriptures to go with that. And so, usually early in the year, we we do a series called GPS on giving, praying, and serving. I'm gonna be on giving for for several weeks because I think it's that significant in our lives, and I believe for every one of us in this room, if I'll get a hold of the principles. Of the Word of God here, it'll change your life. It'll revolutionize your life. And so let's be biblical today. You know, my job is to preach the Word, not my thoughts, but my job is to preach the Word of God. So I'm going to preach the Word to God in this area, not today as a pastor, but as a giver myself. And it's very interesting. When you talk about money, there's 38 parables that Jesus talked about. 16 of those 38, He talked about treasures or money. And so, the issue of the heart is the heart of the issue again. And with every one of us in this room, our heart doesn't follow our treasure. Our treasure follows our heart. And oftentimes that verse is misquoted. People will say, where your heart is, that's where your treasure will be. No, it said, where your treasure is, is where your heart will be. And so, how I handle my my treasure reveals... Uh, a lot about my priorities, a lot about my loyalties and even my affections. And the way I handle my treasure will determine what I will or won't experience according to the blessings of God. And so we got to get the heart of Father God in this. So open your Bible to Exodus chapter 13. Exodus 13, I must identify with the heart of God. This is important that we get this. I'm really excited about teaching on this. Something that we've had the privilege to do for years in our lives now. Not something that we just preach on. It's something that we literally live. So we begin. Genesis, or Exodus chapter 13, verse 1. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Consecrate, set apart, sanctify to me all the firstborn. Whatever opens the womb among the children of Israel, both of man and beast, it is mine. Now get that, this is what Father God said. He said, it's mine. So with God saying that, it's a big deal to God. Same chapter, verse 11. And it shall be when the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites, as he swore to you and your fathers and gives it to you, that you shall set apart to the Lord all that open the womb. That is, every firstborn that comes from an animal which you have, the male shall be the Lord's. Verse 13. Verse 13. But every firstborn of a donkey you shall redeem with a lamb. And if you will not redeem it, then you shall break its neck, and all the firstborn of man among your sons shall be redeemed. Now, when you read that right there, to understand this a little better, he's saying that when a donkey is born into this earth, a donkey is not viewed as clean. A donkey was unclean. And so that if you had a donkey born, To redeem it, you would have to get a lamb and give the lamb in place of that donkey. And that lamb would become the first fruit, and that lamb would redeem or repurchase all the others. Now, how does that pertain to me and you's lives? Well, every one of us in this room, I don't care how special you think you are, when you were born into this earth, you were born into this earth unclean. You're a donkey. I'm a donkey. Don't, don't be offended by that. We're all donkeys. We're just viewed unclean. Even a newborn baby that will be born as innocent as that newborn baby is or appears, it's still born unclean. So the only way me and you could become clean is Father God had to sacrifice a lamb for me and you. Revelations 5.12 says, Worthy is the lamb. Revelations 12.11 says, That we overcome by the blood of the lamb. And so what Father God does right here. He sent a lamb named Jesus. Who was spotless. Who was without sin. And because of his blood and his broken body. That Father God sent him. He was sacrificed on our behalf. And so God literally gave his best. He gave his first to redeem me and you. And when God gave his best in his first to redeem us, God stood out by faith. He stepped out by faith because he didn't have any guarantee that any one of us would receive him. But God said, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and give him. And so Jesus became our sacrifice. And because what Jesus did, me and you are blessed. Me and you have been redeemed. And when you see this right here, you're going to find out today that the blessing is in giving of the first. Now we started in, in Exodus 13. We'll end in this same chapter. But turn a few pages to Exodus chapter 23. And I want to show you biblically. The, the power of the blessing that's in the first. Exodus 23 verse 19. I'll wait till I quit turn, hearing pages turn. I like to hear pages turn. Okay. The first of the firstfruits of your land you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. So we've seen in chapter 13, the firstborn. Here we talk about the firstfruits. And we got to understand that the Israelites' means of making a living back then, they were either farmers or they were ranchers. And so right here, he was saying to the ones that are farmers, he said, bring the first fruits of of your land and where did he say bring them to bring them into the house of the Lord now it, it's it's interesting to me that scriptures tell me and you in in Proverbs 3 verse 9 honor the Lord with the first fruits of all your increase and he said that when I honor the Lord with the first fruits of my all my increase that My storehouses and my vats would overflow with too much. And so you begin to see right here that the first, whether it's the firstborn, the first fruit or the firstborn, either one, it's really a big deal to God. And there's something about that in God's eyes. And literally the reason is God knows that first one carries the blessing. Now, we saw on the video the passage of the story of of Jericho. And what took place is God God led the Israelites out of Egypt. And Moses brought them into the wilderness, but they never got to the promised land because they were disobedient. So Moses dies. God raises up a new man named Joshua. And he says, all right, Joshua, here's what's going to happen. You're going to cross the Jordan, and the first city you come to is going to be a city called Jericho. And when you go in there and take Jericho, all the silver and the gold is mine. It goes to the treasury or the house of the Lord. Do you got it? Every bit of that first one is mine. Joshua said, I got it. So they go in there and take it just like they were supposed to. And the next city they go to was a smaller city called Ai. And in the natural, they should have wiped out the people of Ai, but they lost and, and Joshua was literally perplexed, saying, Lord, how can this be? And the Lord said to him, because when you went into Jericho, one of the children of Israel took what and wasn't his. And it was a man named Achan. And Achan, when he saw the gold and the silver, he didn't believe or trust God that God would do what he said he would do. So Achan took it. He took what was God's. Remember, God said that first is mine. And so when Joshua was 6, it said that that silver and gold was consecrated to the Lord. But in Joshua 7, when Achan stole it, it now says it was accursed. And any time we take the first fruits of what's supposed to be God's and we take it, it's accursed. I don't care who we are. It becomes a curse. And in that passage there, God didn't say, okay, fellas, you go and take ten cities, and out of that ten, you give me one of them. No, God said, that first one is mine. Now, this was such a big deal in God's eyes with what Achan did, that Achan coveted what was God's, that they stoned Achan to death. They killed him. They wiped him out. And so when we read this right here, we can learn some things. Now, look with me in the book of Genesis chapter 4. And we'll highlight the same passage that was in the video with Cain and Abel. But understand this. That first one's a big deal to God. Was then, and I believe it still is today. Genesis chapter 4, verse 1. Now, Adam knew Eve, his wife. And she conceived and bore Cain and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. Then she bore again this time and his brother Abel. Now, Abel was a keeper of sheep. He was a rancher, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. He was a farmer. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Now, the the words that really stand out to me in this verse is in the process of time. In the process of time. So let, let's read into that just a little bit here. When we see in the process of time. It literally means. That when Cain got around to it. That when Cain felt like it. Maybe even more so. When Cain took everything he needed and said. You know what? If there's enough left over. Then I'll take God an offering. More so. The things Cain was doing, it was on his terms, not God's terms. And that's where when we get into trouble as human beings, when we think, well, you know what? I can cut a corner here. I can bend the truth here, and I can begin to do this. And because of that, it's going to get Cain into trouble. Now note, he did bring an offering. Verse 4. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock... Now, when you read about Cain, there was no mention of the first. He didn't bring his first. But now, Abel brings the first fruit. He brings the firstborn of his flock and their fat. Now, man, I really dug in on the fat. I thought, man, what is the fat? I got to know what the fat is. The fat was the choicest. It was the best cut of all of them. And so when you read here, he not only brought his, his first, he brought the best to the Lord. And, and I believe this personally, that I, I think we all, to a degree, have, have missed the significance that when they brought their first to the altar, whether it was the first fruit or the firstborn, it, it wasn't just like this. Father God, we're just bringing this to you. Here you go. I believe it was in in passion. It was in worship. It was in praise. Where they were so blessed. And they looked and said, Father God, we're so honored to bring this to you. Because we recognize in our life, it's because of you. And every one of us as believers, I'm I'm thinking that each one of us, we, we need to be more passionate even in our giving. That it's a big deal. This wasn't something to downplay. out due to technical difficulties thanks sir thank God we got backups and so he brought the first of of his his uh, flock in his flat now listen to this and the Lord respected Abel in his offering and then he says in verse 6 but he did not respect Cain in his offering and Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. and so when you read this God wouldn't accept Cain's. You know why? God's always got to be first. God's never second. He's always first. He's the creator. Time out. All right, let there be sound. And there was sound. Understand, and let me give you some analogies that I believe will help you. He's the creator, we're the creation. You know what that means? He's always first. God's perfect, okay? If God was in the finals of the 100-meter dash at the Olympics, and many of you may know that the Olympic world record holder in the 100 is a guy named Usain Bolt. And Usain's fast. But if they ran 10 times, God would get first every time. Every time. If God was in the 100 meter backstroke against some of the greatest swimmers, He would get first every time. If God was in the home run derby, He would get first every time. If God played golf and there was 18 holes, He'd get a hole in one on every hole. He's perfect. And so this was why it was such a big deal here, that God will only receive our first. And again, it shows me the significance of the first. So looking at this, it's not just how I give, what I give, and when I give, but it's all combined that it's a big, big deal to God. And if it's a big deal to God, it better become a big deal to us. Now turn to your right, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus chapter 27. Just a little bit there to your right. Leviticus 27. And we've seen the significance of the first fruit and the firstborn. But watch what this verse says, verse 30. And all the tithe, A-L-L, all, that means every bit of it. All the tithe of the land, whether the seed of the land or the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. Whose is it? It's God's. And it is holy to the Lord. It's consecrated to the Lord. It's set apart to the Lord. And when I see it's holy to the Lord, that tells me right here, it's a big deal in God's eyes. The tithe is. And again, we'll hear people say stuff like this. Well, pastor, you don't understand. The tithe was law. Let me help you a little bit with that thought. Number one if it was good in the law it's not now but it's bad or if it was bad now it's good let me give you an illustration the law that he's talked about is found in Exodus chapter 20 the 10 commandments not the 10 suggestions but the 10 commandments and if stealing was wrong in the old testament under the law is it now right in the New Testament? And if murder, which is one of the Ten Commandments, was wrong in the law, is it now right in the New Testament? No, every one of us in this room would say, no, we shouldn't steal. we shouldn't murder still to this day. But when it comes to my money, now that's different. So what we've done is we begin to say about the, the Ten Commandments, it's multiple choice. I like this one, but I don't like that one. And the truth in the matter is the tithe was around a long time before it ever became law. How long? 500 years was when the man Abraham first started tithing. And I can take you into the New Testament and the Lord and Savior Jesus even talks about tithing. Actually, I personally believe the first tithe was in the Garden of Eden when the Lord said to Adam Eve, you can eat of all the trees, but that one, that one Is mine. Now, when we talk about the tithe, everybody says, well, yeah, yeah, it's equal to 10%, which is true. But literally, I believe the tithe is a test. And you know what the test is? Every time you and me get paid, or every time me and you have any kind of increase, the Lord's saying, What are you going to do? And actions speak louder than words. Because a lot of people would say, "Well, God's first in my life," but would your checkbook or your bank statement would that agree with it? Or if we looked at our bank statement and our checkbook, would the first check you wrote out said Walmart? Would it say Ford Motor Company? Would it say Cabela's? Would it say Sassy Frassy Beauty Salon? Or would it say the Kingdom of God? Interesting thought I'm getting ready to say right here. I would trust God with my eternity. But I wouldn't trust God with my money. Something's out of whack there. And so when I don't give God my first, I become like the man named Achan. And you know what I say even in the area of finances? Father God, I don't trust you or believe you'll do what you said you'll do. Or we jump over to the man of Cain. And I believe a lot of the reason that Cain didn't give until the process of time was he said, I've worked hard for this. I'm working 70 hours a week. I've sweated. And he became very ungrateful. And I'm not denying he didn't sweat and he didn't work hard. But in Deuteronomy 8.18 it says, it's God who gives me power to get wealth. And so he forgot all that. And many times in our own life, That's what's taking place. But you know what a tither says? A tither says, Lord, I'm going to trust you. And I'm going to believe that you're going to do everything you said. And I believe that you're going to bless me just like you said you would. Now, let me give you a little illustration that's going to help you today. This is symbolic of my paycheck. And I got paid $10. That was my paycheck. Now, out of the $10, what would my tithe be? $1. You guys are catching on. Way to go. Here's the next question. Which one of these is my first fruit? The first one that I spend or the first one that I dedicate to where I'm going to spend? So let's say this is my first one. And I take it and I spend my first one at Walmart. I take my first one I spend it at United. Better yet, I take my first one and I hadn't eaten meat in 21 days and so I go to Texas Roadhouse. And I get this thick steak and it's outstanding. It was a great meal. But understand this, as good as that meal was, Texas Roadhouse doesn't have the ability to redeem the other nine or 90%. Only God can do that. And only God does that when I take that very first one and I say, Okay, Father God, I'm coming in faith. I don't know what the rest of the month looks like, but I'm going to step out in faith and I'm going to believe and I'm going to trust that you're going to do everything you said you would do. Well, this is big. See, this is why I said, I believe if we'll get a hold of this, this will change our lives. 1 Corinthians chapter 16. 1 Corinthians chapter 16. Guys, you got to understand this. For the first 24 years of my life, I didn't know about honoring God with the first fruit. The prophet Hosea said, "My people perish for lack of knowledge." In other words, you're ignorant. Well, when it came to give another, I was literally ignorant. And then when I became twenty, I started hearing about the tithe and the first fruit. But for about three more years, I still didn't do it, even though I was beginning to hear the truth on that line. And one day, me and Shelley were sitting there, and we realized, and this may define you. This is what defined our life. You know what we said? We never have enough. We never have enough. And we came to the conclusion we've tried to do everything we know to do out of our own ability. And many of you, if you watched the stock market all last week, whoo, you're talking about a mess. Roller goes up and down and down and down and down and then came back up and then down, down, down. Oil, all the things things of the world. They're going to be up and down. But I found the only thing that is stable is God's economy. And that's why I said, i got to start honoring God. Now watch what's said here in 1 Corinthians 16 verse 1. Apostle Paul talking and he said, Now concerning the collection or the giving for the saints, as I have given orders to the churches of Galatia, so must you do also. So just as he gave orders to the church of Galatia, he gave church orders to the church of Faith Christian Family Church. And he said, so you must do also. Verse 2. On the first day of the week, when's the first day of the week? Sunday. That's today. Sunday. God's big on the first day. I like to say it this way. When you honor God on the first day of the week and you give him the first fruits of your time, he'll bless the rest of your week. See, when I come to church, it's just not showing up and coming to church. But when I say, Lord, i am given you the first fruits of my week, and that's why it's important when we come in here, we say, Lord, I want to worship you. I want to give you the first fruits of my praise. I don't want my first fruits of praise of the week to go watch Caroline and and the Cardinals, even though it's going to be fun. Is God against me watching? God's not against any of that. God's not against me going to the lake. God's not against me playing golf. God's not against me getting suntan. But when I don't give him my first fruits of my day, even my week, then I've missed him. So he said, on the first day of the week, let each one of you, and I would venture to say every one of us in this room are in each one, Let you lay something aside or put something aside. Storing up as he may prosper, the Amplified said, in proportion to what he's given, that there be no collections when I come. So you know what he's telling us? You got to give. You got to give. When I was praying about this this week, the Lord said this to me. He said, I never intended... For the government to be the one that supported people. I intended for everything to come through the church. And when the Lord puts those thoughts in me, I always ask the question, tell me why. And the Lord said, because when the money comes into the church, it's blessed. But when it doesn't come into the church, it's accursed. And I look at how screwed up our government is in so many areas, and the Lord said, it's, it's not blessed. And so it was a challenge to me right here to say, man, the church has got to get going again. And the only way that happens was we begin to learn these truths. Now, let me give you one more principle of the first, and it was in the little video clip. There was a man named Abraham, and Abraham had a son named Isaac, and God said to, Isaac, or to Abraham, he said, I want you to sacrifice that son. And when God told him, he could have looked and said, oh, no, 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 no. That's, that's my choice, son. That's the firstborn. And on top of that, Father God, how am I guaranteed that you're going to ever give me another one? And you know what? It's the same as when me and you give him the first fruits. You know what he's telling us? You got a promise. And you got a promise from me. And when I've studied scriptures, I found out the ones that honored God with the first, the firstborn, the firstfruits, their time, God always blessed them. He always took care of them. And I believe even in this sense, that is what he's wanting to do right here. Because again, the first one carries the blessings. And anytime I honor God or I don't honor God, I'm telling God where my heart is. Now, I'm being on both sides of the coin when it comes to honoring God with my first. The two hardest areas, I personally believe, is number one, when you first start and you say out of your mouth, God, I don't have enough. I don't have enough. And I would look at everything that was coming in, and I was looking at everything that was going out, and I had more month than money. And I'd say, Lord, I don't have enough. And when I would honor him with my tithe and offering, I would watch it go, and I would think, that sure is a lot of groceries. That would sure pay my electric bill. And on top of that, Lord, that's more than my car payment. But I kept giving. The second most hardest area is when you start making some money or you got money and you start trying to justify it and you say, that's too much, Father God, I'm giving too much. What I'm giving now in my tithe is more than my paycheck used to be. What I'm giving now is more than my mortgage payment. I can't do that. I can't. But we forget the reason I'm at the place where I've got so much. He's blessed me. He has blessed me incredibly. And there's people all over this room that have honored God for years and years and years of their life. Many of you know Jane Worth. And so she didn't give me permission to tell this story, but she told me the story, so that means she gave me permission. (laughs) So if you ever tell Pastor a story, that means you're giving me permission. So be very careful if you're pregnant and you don't want anyone to know. Tell Shelly, don't tell me. But I've known Jane for, oh, for, for years and years. And actually, I knew Jane. She's now Jane Worth. I knew her when her last name was Hale, H-A-L-E. Her life literally was hell, though. And I knew her first husband, and he was just a real, real, real hard man. And she was telling me today that the whole time she was married to him, it was a constant conflict. I believe personally... A lot of the conflicts we have, even in the marriage covenant, is over what? Money, 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 money. And in that situation, she said, everything was a struggle. There was never any peace. And she said, finally, after we divorced and we got away from everything, she said, I started honoring God. And she said, it was like the Lord lifted the curse. And she said, I realized it was because I started honoring Him. And I just keep honoring Him. I keep honoring Him. And I'm not preaching give to give. I'm preaching I give to give. That I become such a channel just to bless others with that I become like the Walmart distribution center. Blessings come in and blessings go out. They come in and go out. And even in my life right now, when the Lord puts on my heart to do something, I don't have to go and pray about it. He's already put that on my heart. All I have to do to decide is, am I going to obey it or disobey it? You know, just recently. And this is the goodness of God. This is, the, this is not lifting me up at all. But I had a car that we weren't using. And this is how most men operate. I told Shelly, I said, I'm going to sell that car. I'm going to get it. There's a few things I need on my own car right now. And I said, I'll just take that money and buy it. So she comes home two days later and she looked at me and she said, You know in your heart you're not supposed to sell that car. You're supposed to give it away. So after about a day or so, I got an agreement. I said, Lord, I sense that. I sense that. And so in our lives, when God impresses that on our heart... He doesn't do that to say, I want to take things. I want to bless you. I want to make your life such a blessing. And so I enjoy doing it. I don't look and say, not fair. You know why? Because God, when he puts on my heart to bless someone, he's always got a harvest on my mind, on his mind, and he's always going to keep blessing me. And he's going to bless you. And so understand this. I'm talking about 31 years of honoring God with my first fruit. And there's no thought in my life to say, I, I'm going to quit doing this. I mean, when we get paid, it's the first thing that goes, and we're so blessed to do it. Now, go back to, to Exodus chapter 13. Exodus 13, and I will tell you this right now. I'm not being legalistic at all, okay? I hate legalistic. I do this because I'm extremely, extremely grateful to what Father God has done for me. Now we're in Exodus 13. We ended at verse 12. We're going to pick back up at verse 13 or 14. Exodus 13, 14. So will be when your son's asking in time to come saying, What is this? that you shall say to him, by strength of hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. And it came to pass when the Pharaoh was stubborn about letting us go, that the Lord killed all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both the firstborn of man and the firstborn of beasts. Therefore, I sacrifice to the Lord. I sacrifice to the Lord. I bring my sacrifice to the Lord, all males that open the womb, but all the firstborn of my sons I redeem. Now, what this is literally saying, the day was going to come when this man's kids would look at him and say, Daddy, we don't understand. Why do you sacrifice the firstborn or the firstfruits? And he will look at his kids and say, kids, you may not understand this. But years ago, your daddy and your mother were slaves in Egypt. And we didn't have anything. We were in bondage. We had walls all around us. We had no hope. And the Lord God came and set us free. Not only did he save us, he set us free. And everything that you children are partaking of right now today in our home and in our cupboards is because of him. And the reason I honor him with the firstborn or the firstfruits is because God's been good to your mom and daddy. Now in my own life, it would look this way. You kids don't understand. Your daddy had done a lot of bad things. He was a champion sinner. But God forgave me, and God saved me, and God delivered me, And God has blessed me. And the reason me and your mama, we love to honor God with the first fruits of our increase. Even if that means we're not going out to eat today, we would rather honor God than not honor him. And you are the recipients of the blessings of what God did. And so literally he was telling them generationally, don't ever forget what God's done for you. And something happens when I'm grateful. Something happens when I say, thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father. I had nothing. But, oh, because of you, Lord, my life is so blessed. My life has meaning now. And ending today, I'll tell you this. I will not preach condemnation and guilt. That's not ever the goal. But I do know this, that when you preach the word of God, God will confirm the word with signs following. And the Holy Spirit will come in. And he will begin to convict our hearts. There's a big difference between condemnation. Condemnation beats me up. Condemnation says you're sorry. You know what conviction does? Conviction leads me to say, Lord, I repent. And not only do I repent, the word conviction also means to change. And so even today, right now, I'm going to have us be real quiet here just in a minute because I believe every one of us in this room, the Holy Spirit will begin to deal with our hearts. What you do with it's up to you. You can close him off. You don't have to listen. But I believe he'll start dealing with you in this area right here where you look and you say, Lord, I've cut corners. I've been warned. That in the process of time, I got around to honoring you. I've been one that I did my giving on my terms. And even more so, you might say, Lord, I hadn't been grateful. I hadn't been grateful for the things you've blessed me with. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit FaithChurchLubbock.com.